With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Afternoons on SEN. Very appreciative of your company on Afternoons on SEN. Sam Hargraves in for Dwayne. A couple more hours to spend with you. After 2 o'clock, NBL COO Vince Crivelli will jump on. Uh, We'll talk about the legacy of Larry Kesselman. Over a 1,000 games now since he's been at the helm of the NBL as it continues to go strength, go from strength to strength. Uh, And what a season they're enjoying at the moment, the NBL. Uh, After 2.40, we will chat to Collingwood netballer Sophie Garbin as well. Looking forward to hearing how the pre-season's going for the Super Netball. Um, And, of course, if you've got a sport that you think we should be covering more of, one three hundred seven three six seven three six or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Couple of suggestions already coming through. Uh, Sam, you should talk about the UBC lawn bowls. Some amazing bowls were put down last night, and the commentary was sublime. That's from Cam in Chermside Park. Yep, I was commentating that. Thank you, Cam. Uh, I appreciate it. Went straight from afternoons into doing the UBC Lawn Bowls. It's a fantastic format of Lawn Bowls too. If you haven't seen the UBC, last night was on KO. Uh, so too will be Friday night. Uh, it's the rock and roll of lawn bowls, uh, as we like to call it, but uh, a unique scoring system. It's a heap of fun. So you might only have uh, gone out to do barefoot bowls here and there uh, as a work breakup or something like that, but this is a whole lot of fun and a new way of enjoying lawn bowls. Uh, different teams from all around Australia, New Zealand, America, Asia, uh, and the UK as well. So uh, if you haven't partaken, you'll be able to watch it on K. Or you can watch today's uh, uh, group games as well, which is on the UBC Facebook page as well. Uh, what else have we got through? Uh, uh, we'd love more chats about golf technology like yesterday. Uh, love the chat about the golf technology yesterday. We'd love more of that type of stuff. Curling needs its own segment. Sammy, you never mentioned badminton. Um, we'll take all that on board. Sam, we need to talk more surf. You need to talk more about surf in Melbourne as per Jules there. JDS just uh, getting the Bay Area confused uh, with the surf coast. <laughs> which I found very humorous. Uh, He also found it very humorous because he's a bloody good human being. Um, But he was uh, talking to a surfer yesterday, so maybe a bit more of that as well. Uh, In the meantime, we will talk about everyone's favourite topic, uh, which is Aussie Rules footy. Um, One of the great stories out of the draft, and there are always a heap of them, uh, and especially from the rookie draft as well, because diamonds in the rough uh, are plenty have come through the rookie draft. Just have a look at Melbourne. uh, Just have a look at uh, Geelong's grand final list, and and I think there was about eight players uh, in their premiership winning side that came off the rookie list. Sydney had about five, I think, from memory that came off their rookie list. So it's always uh, a very, very uh, uh, profitable place to find talent. Uh, and one player who seems to uh, possess an abundance of that is uh, Oliver Seston, who's on his day off today, but he was taken by Melbourne at pick 28. A Melbourne boy, but uh, was playing footy at Xavier this year and at Mansfield in the Golden Valley Football League, one of the strongest country leagues around. Wasn't playing for a NAB League side, um, and he's been good enough to jump on the line to tell us about his story uh, to the Melbourne Footy Club. Ollie, hello to you. G'day, Sam. Thanks for having me. Mate, well, thank you for making yourself available on your day off. I, I appreciate that. Um, when someone says to you, what do you do for a living? 
How odd is it now to say oh, I'm an AFL footy player? Yeah, it's pretty crazy to be honest. I mean, it still hasn't hasn't really sunk in. I mean, I've been there for what a week and a half now, but sort of still just getting used to it. And it's pretty pretty surreal. Like, wasn't really expecting much to happen out of it, and then it all just sort of whirlwind up. And then yeah. So explain because I, I was reading that so Oakley Chargers was where you were zoned for for NAB League. Um, why yep. weren't you playing for Oakley, Ollie? Um, well, I had a lot of cricket um, commitments, so it sort of made it a bit difficult to um, sort of do both. As well as also, I think I wasn't really selected in the um, in the squad initially, so that sort of that sort of stung a bit. But and I sort of just didn't really read into it too much, and then was meaning to play play there next year, and then I sort of knew well, now I don't really need to, and then yeah, I sort of guess I was just overlooked in that sense. So, have you often combined footy and cricket growing up? What level of cricket were you playing in? Um, so I was just playing at school um, in the ones, yep. but yeah, I sort of that, that was um, three or four days a week. So it was sort of hard to juggle juggle both of them. Have you always wanted football to be the number one? Was that the area that that was the pathway you wanted to go down, or you still hadn't quite made the decision? No, nah, I was pretty pretty set on footy. I think. Growing up, I was sort of juggling like summer. I'd prefer cricket. Yeah. Um, which I'd prefer footy, but then probably around like year nine, sort of really, really um, decided to go with footy just because I enjoyed it more and sort of felt that was more my passion. So how big a, a kick in the you know what's was not making the the Oakley Chargers list, mate? How how long did it take you to, to get over that? And what was your plan after you got that knockback? Because I imagine that would have been pretty brutal, given you decided that footy was the pathway you wanted to go down. Um, yeah, it was tough. Even even not being able to try out was pretty hard um, to swallow. But um, I don't know. I sort of just tried to stay stay positive in in what I was doing, and sort of just if I I knew if I had a good enough season at Xavier that anything was possible from there. So I don't know. Just trying to stay as positive as possible was sort of sort of the main thing to take out of it. And sort of I don't know. It's not not really in my hands whether mm. whether I play Oakley or not. Um, but yeah, sort of just just trying to play the best footy I can and then just leave it up to the universe, I guess. Uh, it's a very mature way of looking at it, mate, and you'd be, you're to be commended for that. Uh, we're speaking to Oliver Seston, uh, pick 28 in the uh, rookie draft, going to the Melbourne Footy Club, first couple of weeks as a professional Aussie rules football player. Um, Oliver, is it a bit? Does it, does it make you laugh a little bit that it wasn't? Well, it might have been in part, and I'm sure it played a large part uh, the, the season you had at Xavier, but it was what you were able to do for the, in the Goulburn Valley Footy League of all places, one of the strongest country footy leagues around, um, for Mansfield, where I think you kicked over 50 goals in six games, including 24, was it, against Tatura? Um, yeah, that's right. Was, yeah, against Tatura. How did you find your way to Mansfield, being a Melbourne boy? <laughs> um, so one of my really good mates boards down there, um, and then obviously I didn't have a club team to play out and he sort of just sort of threw the idea out there that I should maybe go up and um, have a game up there. And I just really enjoyed it and then just kept kept on going back and then really, I don't know, had a proper campaign with them. Like we, we went to the finals, had a good run, but unfortunately got knocked out. Um, and yeah, I just loved it up there. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know, I'm keen, wherever the journey goes, I'm keen to sort of make my way back there as well. Like it's yeah, really good culture up there, and I know I love it. So, we, am I right in reading that you were all actually set to sign on again and play for Mansfield again in 2023? Uh, I was, 
<laughs> well, plans have changed clearly. I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. When did you get a, a little bit of a, 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 an inkling that your name might be getting called out on draft night or rookie draft night? Um, so I had a training session with Connor Sports um, about a week and a half before the draft with a bunch of the other boys that got drafted. I think there was probably like 15 or 20 boys there that got picked up. Um, and then next day I got a call from my manager that Melbourne were interested because all the, all the club recruiters were there. Um, got a call from my manager and then sort of had a meeting with them that week. Um, and then had to change my flights back from schoolies, and then that <laughs> sort of sort of just all happened, I guess. And I was still I still didn't know on the night, so I was just waiting there, watching it with mum. And then yeah, I was lucky enough to have my name called out. How, how many pretty... days at schoolies did you did you <laughs> were you able to get away? <laughs> I was up there for four days too, so <laughs> had a had a good stint up there. But yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a decent crew. Yeah. Um. So th- talk to us about the the, the rookie draft. Um, how it all played out for you? How, were you nervous, or, or were you very much still the universe will, will make a decision about this, and it's and it's completely out of my hands? I've done everything that I can do. Um, yeah, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I was sort of not really trying to get too too worked up about it, or sort of expecting anything to happen. Um, so I was, yeah, I was just watching it. I guess I got a little nervous um, come the come the actual afternoon, but. Yeah, I guess it's not in my decision. Everything that I could have done, I've done. So I guess just up to the club to make the decision. And I was fortunate enough to yeah, be, be picked up. And I'm grateful for that for the club forever. Oh, uh, absolutely wrapped for you, mate. So talk to me about day one when you roll in for your first day of pre-season training. Uh, Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, Clayton Oliver, premiership heroes from a couple of years ago. Uh, as far as the eye can see, what were the emotions? What were the feelings like uh, when you strolled in, and, and and what's your first few weeks been like? Um, yeah, it's been it's been very tiring to be honest. But um, speaking to some of the other boys that have been at different clubs, they sort of said similar things. So I mean, I was expecting it to be hard, but like I'm I'm loving it so far, and like all all the boys have been really good good um, influences and sort of eased, eased me in really well. Which um yeah it's been it's been such an easy transition especially sort of not going through like the talent pathways it's sort of made it a bit more difficult to sort of mm. grasp you know some some of the drills they're doing or some of the okay. language that they're talking about it seems a bit foreign at the moment. Give, give me give me an expression or a phrase that you hadn't heard before you uh, rolled in. Um, oh, there's too many. I can't think of any. Unfortunately, sorry. sorry. That's all right, mate. Hey, um, so. Just give us a sense of for, for for the Melbourne fans who are wondering, well, what kind of player is Oliver Seston? Um, is a, a what kind of forward uh, is good enough to kick twenty four goals uh, in a single game of footy and fifty odd uh, over over six? So, what kind of forward are you? Um, so yeah, I'd say sort of like a general forward. Um, that's just sort of, I guess I use like my power and my um, goal sense to sort of just find a way to put the ball through the goals, I guess, is sort of a good way to put it. But, yeah, just a, a medium-sized forward um, who just, yeah, sort of likes to get up the ground a bit more. And I played a bit of midfield through school this year, but I think um, it'll be more of a forward role that I'll sort of be looking at playing. Well, Ollie, it's been great to chat to you. We've got a few people wanting to know what your junior footy club was uh, in Melbourne. Um, so I grew up playing at 
Canterbury Cobras in the YJFL and then played a season at East Malvern in South Metro. Mate, thank you so much for being on. It's a great story. Wrap for you to get an opportunity. The, the, the path less travelled is always a fascinating one and, and the reward will be all the more sweeter, I reckon, when you uh, hopefully are able to make that debut. Um, congratulations on being picked up. Good luck for the pre-season and for what's hopefully a really long footy career ahead. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Uh, he's a very good man. Uh, very, very good man, wasn't he? Um, Oliver Seston, uh, pick 28 in the rookie draft for the Melbourne Footy Club. Uh, wasn't playing at a NAB League club last year. He was playing school footy and then heading up to the Golden Valley Footy League to play with Mansfield. So um, great job from Ollie to, to get drafted. And well done for Melbourne for taking a chance on someone who didn't come through the direct pathway. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it is great to see people get opportunities um, from outside. It just gives hope, I reckon, to those who might be uh, doing a, a pre-season or maybe didn't get the letter to try out. Um, with their NAB League side or, or whether it's in the SANFL or whether it's in the Waffle, um, you can find a way through like Ollie did. Uh, just hang in there and keep working. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 the Werribee Care open line. Rowan's in Pimble. G'day, Row. G'day, guys. How are you? Uh, we're all well. Thank you. Yeah, look, it's um, it really uh, disturbs me that we've got probably the, the hottest South African fast bowling one up with We've seen many bowling lineups since the uh, Great West Indian attacks of the 80s and 90s. And yet the promotion of, of this amazing duel, plus the ball tampering saga, I just don't think the broadcast has done enough. Maybe as you know, the media hasn't done enough to really showcase what an amazing contest this is going to be. So what would you like to see more of, Ro? I mean, every day that we speak about um, the, the, the test series here, we make sure that everybody knows that you'll be able to hear every ball right here on SEN. Jerry Waitley, Simon Caddish, Damian Fleming, uh, the whole team are ready and raring to go, um, would be arriving today and tomorrow up in Brizzy to get prepared and loosen up. Um, what more can, can be done, do you think? Well, I, I just look at the way Rugby League promotes the game and they promote feuds and, and they really beat it up. There's huge stories about some of the... I mean, there's some huge feuds between the South Africans and the Australians. And I feel like, I don't know if it's Cricket Australia or who's doing it, but they're... It seems like we're trying to quieten it down and make it all G-rated. Let's amp it up. Let's talk about all the feuds that make the fights. Styles make fights. We've got some serious styles on offer. Two-metre tall, Marco Janssen bowling serious thunderbolts. Anrik Nokia. Kigisa Rabat is the best fast bowler in the world. He's an absolute weapon. Uh, I would imagine that Cricket Australia themselves aren't keen to use Sandpaper Gate as a way to promote it. Um, I think that one would be pretty obvious, but I think you're saying that maybe the broadcasters and, and the media can do more to pump up that particular rivalry. I'm reading articles every day, though, from Faf Duplessis' book where he's really stoking the fires. So I think there's a bit of it around, Rowan. I think they've they've been using it as a way to spice things up a little bit, but certainly Cricket Australia wouldn't be doing that. But, but I, I've been getting a whiff of it around, that kind of, you know, the rivalry talk. I suppose also the maybe it's the scheduling and it's it's sort of not having this as kind of really a, a centrepiece thing. The big bash is sort of just going on and, and we don't have the sort of that state of origin build up or, you know, the AFL grand final build up that we might have for other mm. codes in Australia. And we, what we used to have for cricket leading up to the summer of cricket, I remember watching channel nine as a kid and they just did a wonderful job promoting the game. Um, I think Fox does a good job too, but I think obviously having it not being free to air, um, that probably limits the um, the amount of work that gets done there. But I, I think we could Channel do more. Channel 7 have got uh, it. Channel, Channel 7 have got the tests, Rowan, and they're free to wear. 
Yeah, look, Channel 7 are doing a good job with the, with who they've got on. I just think that we could do more. Like, just speaking to the average punter on the sure. street, it's, a lot of people don't even know that the game's on. So I just feel like um, getting that message out there of, of the duels that, that exist within the game, one versus two, all the, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that happened with David Warner and the crowd back there. I mean, a lot of these things are unsavory, but sometimes it's the unsavory stuff that actually makes... The, the fight really exciting to watch, to see the personal battles, to see the grit. It makes that 100 that Warner scores maybe in the first test against South Africa even more special. It just rubs the salt into the South Africans' words. Hey, I think Ro- we need to get that angst yep. back into test cricket. Mate, thank you very much for, for making the call. I love your passion for, for test cricket uh, and appreciate you ringing up to share it. Uh, more afternoons on SEN after this.